My name is Zach. I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch and just want to welcome you to church today. Uh, if you're new with us, we love having you with us. Uh, we really try to focus our services around Jesus. And my hope for this next time that we have together is that you would leave here inspired in your faith, that you'd be inspired about who Jesus is and you'd be encouraged in your calling, the calling of God on your lives. I want to remind you that next Sunday we're doing something that we do at the end of the year every year, but it's a little bit different. We're having our Selah Sunday, which means we won't have our formal Sunday gathering, but Selah means to stop, take a break, reflect. And so we're going to encourage everyone to do that. So next Sunday, no formal worship service here. And then we'll be back together January the 6th and back in the Gospel of Luke, which I'm really excited about. Now, when you think about Christmas traditions in your family. One of the ones for my family was going to the movies. One of my favorite uncles, he was a teacher by day, uh, but he was, uh, I guess, an adventurer in the side, meaning whenever you were around him, you never knew what was going to happen next. He oftentimes had a coin trick or a magic trick or would make something disappear and then reappear. So as a young child, this was the uncle that you wanted to be around. Every time it was just like, what's Uncle Danny going to do next? He loved the movies. He was a big kid at heart. And so every time we would go and see them for Christmas, that meant that we were going to go to the movies. And he liked to have fun. So going to the movies to him was not complete without soda popcorn and candy, all the stuff that your parents, you know, didn't normally want you to have, uh, you could have with Uncle Danny. So I love going to the movies around Christmas time with him. So we'd always watch movies. And even as I've gotten older, movies are part of my family's kind of, it just seemed like they come together at Christmas. I want you to think about for you, how many of you would say that a Christmas movie or going to the movies is something that is part of kind of the way you celebrate the holidays? Who in here is that? Oh, let's participate here. Who in here is that? I know more of you like, like movies. Okay, so I have a large number of people that would say a movie is part of your holiday uh, experience. And so we've been, as a community, looking at different Christmas movies, movies uh, either about Christmas or around Christmas, that help us reconnect with the story of Jesus. The first week, we watched part of The Grinch, and we learned about uh, three things that could steal our Christmas joy and how Jesus helps us fight against those things. Last week, we learned from Elf that we're all on a journey to experience God's love and that we need to know the Father's love. It's really all that we need. Today, I'm going to share with you uh, another movie, but I just want to make you aware we have our children in the service today. Uh, so if you're a parent, I understand right where you're at. I have four kids. They were here in the first service. That means I'm going to preach more quickly than normal. So, you know, but I want to give you vision in this short time that right now you are providing spiritual leadership for your family and for your kids. And it makes a real difference in the lives of kids. You're shaping them and forming them, even if it doesn't seem like they're paying attention. I remember as a young kid, my school would do a Christmas kind of celebration where we'd sing carols uh, at school. And I didn't know really where I was with my faith or what I thought about all that. But, but I just remember those times and they were so moving to me. It marked me. I look back now and I realize I was experiencing the presence of God and I didn't have language to describe it. But even as a young child, I knew that there was something special about what we're doing. And your kids today are going to get to experience something like that. And you are doing a good job 
leading them. So I want to encourage you to press through and engage for the next few minutes. Uh, and kids, if you're in here, I'm super excited that you're here. I used to be a teacher, uh, and so I love being around kids. And I want you to uh, hope you learn something today. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk about a movie. And just like Ellen spoke about a few weeks ago, when she said we all have physical ears, right? I have larger physical ears. You might have smaller ears on your body. God has given us all ears in our heart or ears in our spirit. They're inner ears. And as I speak to you today and we watch this movie and we, we read the Bible, you're going to be hearing things with your outer ears. But I want to encourage you to be paying attention to your inner ears and what God wants to speak to you. Whether you're young or you're old, God has something good to say to you today. So as you're listening to me with your outer ears, let's pay attention to Jesus with our inner ears. So the movie that I want to share with you is one that came out last Christmas. Uh, my family watched it. We loved it. It was so popular last Christmas that places are re-showing it again this Christmas. It's called The Greatest Showman. Who here has seen The Greatest Showman? We got a few? Okay. If you've not seen it, it's the story of P.T. Barnum, a loose adaptation is what I understand of his life story. He was the founder of the Barnum and Bailey Circus. And so it traces his journey from being a child to developing this circus. I'm going to give you a few interesting facts about it. The main character in the story, the person that plays P.T. Barnum, is Hugh Jackman. He so believed in this story that for seven years, he tried to get a movie production company to fund it, and he could find no one that believed in it. But he continued to persevere, and after seven years, he got a company to buy in. If you remember the bearded lady that's one of the, one of the main actresses in there, I watched it. I was like, how in the world did they do that? You're going to get to see next. They put this purple slime on her to make a mask to make it look very realistic. If you remember the fire scene that happens kind of climax part of the movie, that was actually a real fire. It got out of hand and it burned their set down as well. Wow. The real Barnum and Bailey Circus ran in the States for 146 years. It recently shut down, but for 146 years, that circus was running. You might have seen it as a child. Uh, I know I did as a kid. And remember, it was just uh, amazing. Uh, another one of the main actresses is a girl named Zendaya. She uh, is a musician and actress on some Disney shows. Well, for the movie, get this. She did all of her own stunts, which sounds cool, except she was on a trapeze for a lot of the movie with no safety net. Wow. She was really into the part. So that's the basic kind of some interesting facts about it. Again, it tells the story of P.T. Barnum. And I'm going to take you into kind of a, a, a part of it where we see a little bit of P.T.'s journey. And we see kind of some of the things that are going on inside of him. So what you need to know to understand this is he's going to be paired with a girl. This is his love interest for life. He's so interested in her and they end up getting married and having a family. Spoiler alert. But it's, the story starts out with them as children. And you kind of trace P.T.'s journey. And he's from a lower class family with a lot of problems. And the girl is from an upper class family with lots of money, but they don't have much relational closeness. But they like each other and they're friends and they journey through life together. So you can get a little introduction to the movie here.
Awesome. That song is so powerful. So you get a little introduction into PT's world, right? He comes from a lower class family. You see his father passes away. He ends up on the streets. And we love heroes like this. We love heroes that are the underdog, that are bypassed, that you don't expect anything from, that you look at them and be like, they're not going to amount to anything. And then they go on to success. Like we're just drawn to heroes like that. Why is that? Because when we see them, we can relate. We feel like they understand where we're from, that they get us, that everything hasn't gone perfectly in their life, that they know what it's like to have hardship and pain. And we see them and we see them succeed and it gives us hope for our own success. So we're just drawn to heroes like that. We feel like they understand us. They get us, right? When you think about Jesus, why do you think that God sent Jesus to a little poor family that was overlooked and bypassed by society that no one expected anything out of? Like, why wouldn't God have sent Jesus to be a part of the Roman Caesar's family? Rome is the most powerful empire of the day. People already worship Caesar as Lord. Why wouldn't Jesus just be Caesar's son and then inherit the empire? And people would already say, Jesus, Lord. Why did God send Jesus to a poor, obscure little family? I want to put before you that he did this so that we would look at him and that we would say Jesus understands us. Jesus gets us. In fact, the author of Hebrews says this in Hebrews chapter 3. He says this about Jesus coming to us. He says, for this reason, he being Jesus had to be made like them, them being us, fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. What he's saying is that Jesus has come just like us so that you and I would look at him and say, he gets me. He understands what it's like to be me. So this is what I want you to remember. The big idea that you need to remember right now that I want you to learn is that when you look at Jesus, the little baby in the manger, you are seeing a God who understands you, who gets you, who understands where you're from and what you've been through and what it's like to be you. I want you to think for a moment about your best friend. We're about to do something a little interactive, so be prepared to talk a little bit. I want you to think about your best friend, either as a kid or now, and I want you to turn to someone sitting beside you and say, this, this is who they are. Who's your best friend? Just name someone, name, name, name your best friend as someone sitting beside you. Bring them to mind. Actually participate, I'm looking, you guys can talk. Okay, when you think about your best friend, I'm willing to bet that one of the things that makes them your best friend is that you feel like they understand you, that you feel like they get you, that you're like, yeah, we, we, we get each other. We can read each other's minds, right? When you're looking at Jesus, I want you to see that's what God wants us to see in him is someone who gets us. 
And for people that we feel understood by, being understood builds loyalty. Because we feel like, okay, I'm with you. You're with me, right? And the more we realize how much Jesus understands us, the more loyalty it will build in our hearts. So if you're wanting to live a victorious Christian life, building that loyalty, that faith in Jesus comes out of knowing that he understands you and you'll stick with him when other things are going on, right? So P.T. Barnum from a lower class, lower background family. But the other thing I want you to notice about that clip the words of the song. Though no one expected anything from him and he had a very hard young life, he was a boy with a vision. He was a boy with a vision to change the world. I wanna read you some of the lyrics to that song. He said, every night I lie in bed, the brightest colors fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me awake. I think of what the world could be, a vision of the one I see. A million dreams is all it's gonna take. A million dreams for the world we're gonna make. So PT, he had a vision. He had a vision for the world that he was going to make. Imagine him as an eight-year-old boy, a nine-year-old boy, a 10-year-old boy, laying there even on the streets. But in his mind, when he closed his mind, he saw what he was going to build with his life. He saw a vision, he had a vision. He had a plan. He had a dream. When you look at Jesus in the manger, the little six pounds, four ounces of flesh, whatever he weighed, you also had a boy with a vision, a vision to change the world. And I want you to imagine Jesus growing as an eight-year-old or nine-year-old or 10-year-old boy and going to bed at night, and in his mind, just picturing the world that he was going to build. Jesus didn't come just to give us warm fuzzies at Christmas. He came with a vision to heal the world. He came with a vision that the world uh, that was enslaved to sin might be set free by the life and liberty that were beating in his chest. He was dreaming of a new world. He taught his disciples in Matthew chapter six, he taught them about this vision. He said, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Get this, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus had a vision that earth would look like heaven. That's the vision that he was carrying in his heart. If you're a kid, let's talk about heaven for a moment. Adults, you can think in, you'll get stuff out of this as well. But think about heaven. In heaven, there's no bullying. So when you're thinking about going to school and you're like, ooh, I don't want to be the weakest link. I don't want to be the one that gets picked on. I don't, oh, I don't know, I don't know. In heaven, there's none of that. There's no bullying. In heaven, families are healthy enough and love each other enough that they stay together and there's not divorce. Wow. In heaven, they're not children that go hungry or without a mom or a dad. Things are complete. In heaven, there is no war because there's real peace. In heaven, there's no lack because Jesus is enough. That's what heaven is like. And Jesus is not saying, hey, this is some far off deal. That No, he's saying on earth as it is in heaven. This is what Jesus is building. Just like PT had a vision of something for his life, Jesus himself had a vision 
that he was carrying and that he was building. And that little baby, I want you to see vision that was burning in his chest and that he would live his life to carry out. It is good. We should let it sink in. It's awesome. Okay, so I want to show you the second clip from the movie. This is now fast forward. PT is an adult. And not only has that vision that he dreamed about as a child been something that he dreamed about, it's actually come to pass. He's made for himself a new world. He's built a new community where outcasts and people that were looked over have a place and are celebrated and belong. That little girl that he uh, had a crush on is now his wife and they have kids and they have a vibrant family. He has enough. He's not living on the streets. He's actually very well off. That vision that he had has now come to reality. Yeah, such a catchy song. That vision that he had as a boy came to pass. He wasn't just a dreamer. He was a doer. When we look at Jesus, that vision for heaven on earth is not just a nice idea that maybe hopefully someday will happen. No, Jesus is a doer. When Jesus came at the incarnation, when he came as a baby, that vision was inaugurated. The reality was coming to pass. Jesus said that he would return and would consummate that vision. In Revelation chapter 22, Jesus said, he who testifies to these things, being Jesus, says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. When we consider and we look at the coming of the King at Christmas, it is to point us and remind us and make us aware of the return of the King when the world will be set back right. We live in the in-between of these two great events and Jesus is building a new family, a new kingdom, a new humanity, the Bible says. And he will return and it will be complete. So when we're looking at the coming of the king, let it remind us of the return of the king. When Jesus entered the world, the solution for world peace beat in a tiny little body. Jesus is the solution for world peace. It beat in his body, and as we follow Jesus, we're invited to be God's peacemakers here on the, here on the earth. We're invited into that vision. It's not just something for him, it's something for us. And he will return. So as you celebrate Christmas this week, as you think about little baby Jesus, I want you to remember that when you look at him, you see a God who understands you. When you look at him, you see a God who has a vision for remaking the world. And when you look at him, you see a king who has come and will return to complete what he started. And let that stir all of us to faith and admiration and hope this Christmas season. I want to invite you to stand as we close. We are going to sing Silent Night together. And let this be a moment where we just take all that we've just heard and bring it before the Lord. Let's go to God together and remember the meaning and the power 
of the Christmas that we are celebrating. Silent night, a holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round young virgin, mother and child. Just want to bless you and the power and the love and the grace that are found in Jesus to go into your week and remember him, to make much of him as you go this week. God bless you as you go. You are dismissed.